0: Happy New Year, everybody. I'm meteorologist Joe Martucci, and you are listening to the South Jersey Monthly Climate Roundup. Join with me, state climatologist for the state of New Jersey, Dr. Dave Robinson. Happy New Year to you, Dr. Robinson. Happy New Year to you and everybody listening. Yeah, yeah. And now we are officially – I think we're officially official now because we're on iTunes. Um, I know uh, we were working on it for a couple of weeks, but you can find us on iTunes. Um, Are you a podcast listener, Dr. Robinson? Not okay, but maybe this one. Maybe if you were a random person, always, 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 always. good answer. I, I'm still just doing email. <laughs> Emails good, you know. We're diversifying, you know. It's a, it's almost the 2020s. So I figured I got to get a little bit into podcasting uh before I really miss the ship here. But uh we got lots to talk about. We're gonna do kind of a two-part series for you guys. We have a December monthly roundup like we usually do, and then we're gonna talk a little bit about the year in general. And you're going to notice when we talk about December, we talk about the year, one theme is going to stand out, and that is wet. And that's where I want to start off with here. So the biggest story for the month of December was, yet again, the wet weather. Now, it might be a bad omen, but we had 6.66 inches of precipitation at Atlantic City International Airport. Do you believe in the bad omen of 666?
1: No, because I looked at the southern division of the state, and
0: it was 5.23, so I think I'm safe. Okay, all right, so you're safe. I'm not safe. He's safe. He does the whole – he has the whole state. I just have off the airport. But all right, so tell me what we had going on. So we had uh, 4.8 inches of snow at Langley City or National Airport. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Seventh wettest all time at the airport, but you're saying the state was a little bit less. Just talk to us about that.
1: Uh, we were still about an inch and a half above normal for mm-hmm. um, the state. Now, that the southern division was 5.23, and that sure. was 1.44 above. I might add that these numbers are not completely final. Um, they're changing by a couple of hundreds every day. We get reports in from the National Climate Center. Um, but the National Climate Center is closed right now, so we're not so sure when mm-hmm. if we're going to get Final numbers, so sure a little bit uh questionable this month, but it's not going to vary by much more than that. And when we talk annual totals, believe me, it was the wettest year on, record, <laughs> and that's not going to change either. It's just we're a little bit in the uh, stratosphere this month in terms of nailing things.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I know. A little bit of uh, a tricky situation, but we're, we're going to get that. Uh, the numbers, at least, are are pretty good, like you were saying. You know, what drove the pattern this month? What made it so wet yet again here in New Jersey and in South Jersey?
1: Well, it's, it's just this recurrent pattern uh, we've been in all year long. Uh, it's come back time and again, and when it's been back, uh, it's persisted. This was a little bit of a carry-on from what we saw in November which was an even wetter mm-hmm. and it just has to do with the jet stream positioning. Uh, the jet stream um, took a dip in the eastern United States, the eastern half, um, and we're on kind of, if you will, the eastern limb of that dip mm-hmm. uh, and that helps the funnel moisture because this jet goes basically from uh, west to east, but when you've got the dip in it, up the coast, it comes up from the south. Yes. spins around and comes up from the south. That brings a lot of moisture with it, uh, and also can spawn storms uh, and amplify them at times when these uh, triggers, if you will, come across the country or out of the Gulf of Mexico. So. We've just seen this time and time again. We saw it five times in November. Mm-hmm. We saw it a handful of times, um, but not with the magnitude of November, most often in December. Uh, it's, it's just been kind of relentless. <laughs> and we saw this in February, in March. We saw it from mid-July into early fall. Um, it's, it's really quite remarkable um, how recurrent and persistent pattern was this year, uh, just supplying a rich flow of moisture out of the Gulf of Mexico and off the Atlantic, um, triggers along with it to get that moisture out of the atmosphere and down to the surface and rain or snow, uh, and with it, it wasn't just one super event. It wasn't one remarkable month. It was just you warm. Know, in Jersey, why 10 of the 12 months of the year had above normal precipitation?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think you, you're kind of leading on to what was going to be my next question, but is when it was warm, we were wet. So we had four days here in South Jersey, or at least at the airport, Lancaster in National Airport, that were over 60, and three of them had rain. So what you would be saying is because we had that uh, jet stream coming from the deep south into our area. When we did get the warm weather, because of that southwest wind, we also tapped into the Gulf of Mexico and was also wet as well.
1: Yeah, you know, it's the positioning of where that, what we call, eastern limb of the trough Mm -hmm. is. If it's 100 miles further off the coast, it lasts cold air to come in from Canada, and we might get a snowstorm out of it. If if it's real close to New Jersey as the storm moves north or – as we saw in some cases, including the last event of the month, maybe it was the last two of December, the the storm track was even further west, up through the Ohio Valley and into the Eastern Lakes. And and with the counterclockwise motion of these low pressure systems that ride along the jet stream, kind of like pearls Mm -hmm. on a a necklace, each one of these lows, and with the counterclockwise motion of those low pressure systems, it will pull moist, not only moisture, but warm air up from the south when the st- storm is over us or to the west of us. But again, if it's further, a little further to the east, we're in more of a northeasterly or northerly flow mm-hmm. with the cold air. And if it stays close enough to us, it'll bring the precipitation in too. Uh, we saw this just a year ago, um, the 3rd and 4th of uh, January yep. of last year. We were locked into that cold weather and a low came up the coast, and at least the eastern, especially the eastern half of New Jersey, got probably with
0: snow. Yeah, it was – I mean, I remember that one vividly. I didn't think when I came down here that I would see a snowstorm like that for this area so quickly when I started. I was happy I did. Uh, but speaking of snow – you know, we did have one shot of snow here during December, and it was um, similar to last year's storm. In that, maybe it was slightly unusual that the coast actually saw the highest amounts. This one was unusual, in our uh, you called it the expressway special. I had the South Jersey snow special. Um, just a recap for everybody: it was about a sixty-mile swath of snow, and it pretty much came right in the southern half of the state. Uh, we had. Up to seven, seven and a half inches of snow in Brigantine. K okay, May saw nothing. Tom's River barely saw anything. So uh, when we were doing our last podcast, it was actually right around that time. When we were talking about it a little bit. But now that we have a few weeks to kind of look back and chew on it. What's out most to you um, during that storm? And could we, let's say, rank the ways that we get snow here in South Jersey and where this setup would rank on that list?
1: This was an oddball. Yeah. Uh, it's what we call an inverted trough, which is where you get everything kind of working backwards. Uh, inverted troughs in a, on a large scale can help lock a storm in as it comes up the east coast and really give the whole coast a lot of snow. But this was a more micro version of it. There was a low offshore, and it spun off some energy that travels kind of to the northwest of that low and with it it ushered a corridor of precipitation from the south east southeast right up the expressway we're used to our weather coming in from pennsylvania in this case it went from atlantic city up to philadelphia mm-hmm. um and it was very narrow um, and, and pretty intense right along the coast so the rest of the region didn't share in that precipitation it was precipitating off the coast in this narrow swath that spun off the kind of the northwest end of that storm um, came up the expressway, so very unique. Uh, different than last year's storm, which is more a classic coastal storm where the low rides 50 or 100 miles offshore, uh, spins in a lot of moisture, uh, drags down a lot of cold air from the north. Um, you can often get, you sometimes get a storm uh, zipping uh, more west to east across the mid-Atlantic. And if southern Jersey is just to the north of that fast-moving low, we call it a clipper uh, sometimes, mm-hmm. um, it can give a quick shot of snow to the area. So there are various ways to get it, uh, get snow to South Jersey. But this one, this one was
0: pretty unique. Yeah, yeah I, I think I was uh, reading that this might be the fifth most unique way to get snow here in South Jersey. Either way, uh, something... Something we may not see for a little bit. No, it,
1: it, it's a rarity. And as you said, uh, it just is a matter of miles, whether you saw much or any snow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, that's, that's not uncommon. I mean, the storm last January didn't quite put the precipitation shield over to the Delaware as heavily. And a very memorable storm of December twenty sixth, twenty seventh,
0: 2010. The Boxing Day, the day blizzard. Was, but mm-hmm. over
1: towards the Delaware River, they only got
0: four to six inches of snow. Mm-hmm. Sure. Sure. Let's uh l- let's switch gears a little bit from uh temperature or excuse me, from precipitation uh over to temperatures. And it was another it was a warm month, uh two point five degrees above average at the airport. You have the full numbers though for New Jersey. How did we stack up there? Uh, actually I don't because of the <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, well.
1: homework for the annual temperature, um, but for the state, I, I, I'm just, we got an estimate that it was about 2 to 3 degrees a- above normal, uh, so Atlantic City Airport is pretty representative of what we saw. I also looked down in Cape May, it was 2.3 above normal, mm-hmm. uh, over in um, uh, Hamilton, 1.9 above, uh, but Seabrook Farms, it was 3. So, yep. you know, all within that ballpark, two, two and a half degrees above normal. Uh, not excessively mild, um, you know, but, again, yet another month uh, with
0: above normal temperatures. Yep, and it looked like to me, I mean, just the way I felt and looking at data, it wasn't like we were necessarily um, – we had a couple of shots where we were warm. Like I said, we got to around 60 degrees, but uh, as far as the cold goes, we were, I, could you say at one point in time, we were persistently slightly below average? I mean, I think I remember back towards the uh, uh, beginning and middle of the month, we had a bunch of days where we were just sitting around 40 down here, uh, but no extreme cold here in the state. I, actually, it, it might even, you would know maybe a little better than I. I. think Thanksgiving still is our maybe coldest little stretch we've had so far.
1: Yeah, it certainly is. Yeah, from about the time of the snowstorm down in uh. City, the 5th of December, for the next week or so, it was cool, and by mid-month, we were actually running a little below average for mm-hmm. the month, um, but the second half of the month uh, warmed up more, and uh, we really shut out of cold air for a while, so still, yeah, the coldest spell of the cold season, I will not say winter, mm-hmm. so far was uh, Thanksgiving and Black Friday. The sure, after,
0: sure, sure. So that takes us you know, through the month of December here. Anything else you want to add for the month of December before uh, we switch over to the year? Well,
1: I think it's interesting that South Jersey was the snowiest part of the state. Uh,
0: <laughs> Go us. There were middle
1: half-inch, one-inch, one-and-a-half-inch storms, Up storms, I won't call them storms, heavy flurries, <laughs> up in the northwest, higher elevations on a couple of occasions, including even early uh um, Eve morning um there was half an inch to an inch inch and a half there but they the, nowhere else in the state scored as much snow in december as right in the atlantic city region. Mm-hmm.
0: so how unusual would you say that is you know just off of a, off of a hunch for have our corner of the state being the snowiest
1: I, it, it's it's unusual um yeah, this December was a little different since almost everybody else got shut out, mm-hmm. and Atlantic City area had some snow. But there have been some memorable cases where the storm track has gone through the Mid Atlantic, um, through Washington and Baltimore, and shot into South Jersey, and has left uh, Jersey, uh, North Jersey, out in the cold and dry.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, right. But we've seen that a number of times before, so.
1: It's not as if South Jersey always comes up on the short or or incredibly rarely comes up with the most
0: snow. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. All right, so let, let's zoom out to the year here. Um, we talked about a little bit with the precipitation. Uh, you were saying New Jersey looks to be the wettest on record. Um, some specific numbers that I had. Langston International Airport, 68.57 inches of rain that is nearing six feet, or excuse me, precipitation, I should say, nearing seven feet, excuse me, six feet of precipitation. And that beat the record. We actually broke the record uh, just before Christmas Eve here. Cape May came in as the second wettest. Millville came in at the fifth wettest here. Um, just take us through the months uh, if you can. And I know you were saying most of our months were near the top, but... What months did we rank first in terms of the wettest months of the year? Right.
1: We have four of the 12 months ranked in the top ten. Okay. For for southern New Jersey, that is back to 1895, Mm -hmm. and it includes all the counties from Mercer, Middlesex, and Monmouth southward, uh, except the thin stretch along the coast, but that's – Rather insignificant in terms of the area covered. Mm-hmm. Um, February was the second wettest, um, May was the ninth wettest, uh, September was the fifth wettest, and November was the wettest. Yeah. So that's pretty, pretty good when you have a year with four of the 12 months uh, in, the top, in the top 10.
0: So yeah, yeah. One month, um, excuse me, two
1: months, January and August. Uh, fell below the median for wetness. In other words, they were on the dry side of the of the median or the middle uh, level for precipitation. Again, going back 124 years, yeah. And of those, um, really the driest month was, was kicked it off in January.
0: Mm-hmm. And even that month was memorable because we had our snowstorm.
1: Yeah, and but you know what people have to remember. You get 10 inches of snow, that's only about an inch of moisture Mm -hmm. uh, when you melt it down. And that's what we're talking about. We're talking about rain and melted snow.
0: Yeah, I think that's important to to note, too, because precipitation is a mix. Yep. Yeah. Yeah,
1: so again, it just shows, and look, we're talking February, May, September, and November. So we're not even talking about consecutive months of wetness like we had back in 2011 when August and September – were very wet with Irene, and then parts of the state blew in September. Uh, This was just again a very persistent pattern uh, when it arrived, and it arrived that pattern was quite
0: frequent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and just diving into that a little bit, we didn't have any direct tropical system landfalls. We had we did have a couple of indirect systems or remnant systems come through, but you know when you lack a direct tropical system landfall, which is notorious, of course, for bringing lots of rain. How much more unlikely does it make it to have a record-breaking year? I mean, it, does it really speak to the just how persistent we were throughout the year? Or, you know, looking back at some other really high years, have we had others uh, that haven't had a direct tropical system make landfall? that in
1: detail but I think the perfect example is now what's now the second wettest year because let me add that the southern division of the state as well as the state as a whole had its wettest year on record <clears throat> the southern division mm-hmm. as of our numbers this morning had averaged 63.76 inches the hmm. year just add, that's 18.71 inches above normal, <laughs> which is like four plus
0: five 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 months above normal. Right. As if this had been a
1: 17-month year for precipitation. Wow. Um, and, and it beat, it didn't only just beat 2011 as the weather, it beat it by uh, four, four and a half inches crushed it. The record for South Jersey was 59.24, mm-hmm. and here we had 63.76, so it just clobbered the record in South Jersey, and uh, yeah, I, generally, 2011, for instance, you had a big slug of moisture statewide and certainly regionwide um, from Irene, and that laid down six to eight inches of rain. Now, it's doesn't mean those years with the big storms will necessarily be the heaviest years. Um, Floyd, back in 1999, which really didn't affect South Jersey as much as Central and North Jersey, it had been a pretty dry year, and it resumed being a dry year after Floyd. So, while it boosted the annual totals up near normal, which was kind of a misleading, because so many months of the year have been below normal. you know, you go back to our snowiest winter back in 1996. You had that huge storm on January 7th 96. That certainly contributed to the snowiest winter on record. But we also had above-normal snowfall in every month of the winter. So even without that storm, it would have been a very snowy winter. But right. made a very snowy winter by far the snowiest. So right. the same thing for... Some heavy precipitation events, but not this year.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and you know, with the uh with the wet weather came the warmth too. Um we were one of the warmest on record at the airport again, fourth warmest year on record. Um I know you say you don't have the numbers for the month, but can we have a guess of what the year is gonna play out to be in uh the southern part of state? Uh
1: not particle <laughs> Looks like for the state as a whole, um, we're going to be the 11th wettest on record, but I haven't dissected it for reasons reason. Sure. Um, we're still waiting on some data to come in for December. Um, but you see, it's easier to make an estimate with temperature, because if we're missing a week of temperature, say, uh, that's only seven days out of 365, uh, it's more important for precipitation where you could have a big event during those seven days.
0: Sure. Reason. Sure.
1: um but I would say that on a whole the state was 1.2 degrees above average last year okay um, and that's average 1981 to 2010 meeting. if you go back to the whole period of record back to 1895 it was more like two and a half degrees above normal because the state is warming right so while we were above average um, it was not you know excessively well we didn't make the top 10. These days, it's almost surprising when we're not in the top ten in terms of temperature because we've had so, so many warm uh, months. Mm -hmm. And and even in the course of of this year, um, when you look statewide at temperature, uh, despite us only being the 11th warmest year back in 1895, February was the second warmest, May was the fourth warmest august was the second warmest and september was the third warmest so we did have four of the 12 months of the year in the top four for warmth. but march was two and a half below average april was three below average and november was about two and a half below average Mm -hmm. so those three months which and i should add december was a, uh, excuse me january was a so those four below normal months versus eight that were above, four of those eight being the top four, was enough to keep us out of the top ten. Right, but knocking on the door. Mm-hmm. I, I think we're going to find that when we look at the regional numbers too.
0: Sure, sure. You know, one um, thing I want to talk about a little bit is, and we touched on a little bit before, but the you know we were warmer and we were wetter. And now, is this something that have we been seeing? More warmer years, and the answer is yes to that, but have we seen increased precipitation as well in a changing climate, or are we anticipating maybe more years like this, where it has been, again, above average warmth, above average in precipitation?
1: We're, we're, as you said, we're certainly seeing increasing warmth. It's not always accompanied mm-hmm. uh, by precipita- heavier precipitation. Precipitation is far noisier. And by that, I mean more variable, Um, not just day-to-day and week-to-week, but year-to-year. But the overall pattern is wetter uh, for New Jersey in the last several decades compared to earlier and into the middle portions of the 20th century. Mm -hmm. Um, But you're going to have your ups and downs with precipitation. Um, Simply, that's just the of the way storm tracks move and such. You know, it's it's interesting to put that, you know, the mid-Atlantic was just soaked this year. Uh, Yet up in upstate New York and northern New England, up until recent months, they had had a little mildish drought up there. Precipitation in the summer and early fall tended to make it up to about Albany and Boston. I mean, just a slight shift in these patterns, and, and it can tell uh, uh, quite a different story. So, we have to be a little more patient with precipitation, but overall, yeah, we're growing somewhat wetter and, and certainly milder.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, well, the last thing I wanted to cap off with before we get going is talking about the top 10 weather events of 2018. I had a list, you had a list. I'm going to run off my top 10. I want you to tell me what you think, and let's compare it to what you have. Hopefully, we have most of the same. I'll just uh, quickly rattle off what we have here. So I went in uh, year order, starting in January, going to December, started off with a bone chilling cold. We had to start off the month of January. That went off the end of December of 2017. Then we had the January 4th blizzard, which we spoke about in this podcast. We had the four Nor'easters during the month of March. The Medio tsunami, that was a little bit more of a, a South Jersey thing. But on May 15th, we had that. Um, the warmest nightly lows on record out of any month for the month of August of 2018. How humid we were from August to September right into about Columbus Day weekend. The October 27th Nor'easter brought a triple threat. Wind, coastal flooding, and heavy rain. Lots of coastal flooding with that. Uh, Also talked about Harvey Cedars being one of the windiest places um, in New Jersey and really for South Jersey here during the fall, the snow special we had on December 5th and then the wettest year on record. Now, I know you have a whole statewide thing, so you may not have exactly what I have here, but how are we comparing? Uh, Pretty good. All right, good. good. We, uh, you know, statewide, I
1: didn't talk about the media, tsunami. Pretty frequent coastal flooding, including the late October biggie. Yeah, huge. That as my eleventh of
0: my. Time. <laughs> so it just I, missed I, out. I also ran. Okay. I had the wettest year as number
1: one. I had the multitude of deluges we had around the state during the course of the year. We had eleven separate days this year, uh, in in 2018. Eleven separate days. Then. That, That at least one station in the state, that's from our weather network, or a cooperative station, or quite often from our Cocoraz network. Yes. had four inches of more rain. Essentially, 11 times during the year, somewhere in the state had a month's worth of rain in a day's time. (sighs) Um, I, I had the January... Snow and cold, I had wrapped
0: up as one. Oh, okay. All right. See, I I thought maybe I'd just make them separate. Yeah,
1: yeah. And uh, so, again, and so I combined those. I combined the October flooding. Um, I'm trying to think what else. I had the fact that it was a, uh, a cool April and then a wet May. Uh, but more importantly, the cool April following a cool relatively cold March, led to a late green up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you added the rain of May, it made it difficult. I didn't put this in, but it made it difficult for the crops to get planted and start germinating. Yeah. And then on the other end of the growing season, we had a late fall. We had the leaves turn late, so a late green up in the spring and a late leaf drop in the fall. Um, you, I, I like the fact that you talked about the humidity. Um, that was kind of implied with the wetness with me, but I think that's one where I might have made that in the top 12 and maybe put it even up in the 10, um, but I stuck more generally to the overall precip. Well, I,
0: so I like, oh, I'm i sorry, go ahead. No, I, I, like, I like that one that you've got there.
1: Um, oh, I talked about the fact that uh, for the second consecutive year, February was milder than March. The state That had only happened four times in the last 124 years, and it happens two of them were back-to-back in 2017 and 2018. And they were primarily due to the fact that February was so incredibly warm, mm-hmm. as opposed to March being brutally cold. Really cold. March was snowy this year, and I did make the snowy March um, my, one of my top ten up in Jefferson Township in Morris County. They had a state record March snowfall of 44 inches. That's not one storm. That's the storms combined. Hmm. So North Jersey felt that more than
0: South Jersey. Sure, yeah. We, you know, in our corner of the state, we did have snow during March with our four easter's. But I think if you asked, hey, what was March like for you guys, I think everyone would have said lots and lots of coastal flooding. Uh, like you brought out in uh, your top ten the winds at Harvey Cedars from our station there. That's right, right from your station. I forgot to give you the shout-out. That, that's my fault. Yeah. But I made that uh, just a
1: windy year. There were, oh, gosh, I'd have to look back. I don't have it right in front of me. Like 100 a, a days this year when the wind's busted over 40 miles an hour somewhere in the state. <laughs> and that's somewhere. It's usually at one of our coastal stations or up at High Point Monument have a station. That that takes the cake. That, uh, that out the coast for uh, gusty sure. Seager, Heights, um, Seager, uh, Atlantic city marina. Um, those are places that can record some pretty high wind speeds in
0: our network. Yeah you know, I'm gonna go off on a tangent for for just one second. I may even be shooting down my own calls here in the top ten, but is there maybe something with the weather station where it's located as would that explain why Harvey Cedars has been so high? Or do you think it really is legitimate? Long Beach Island has is just, for one reason or another, really been extremely gusty, more so than even some other stations along the South Shore. Yeah,
1: uh, I, there's always this location of the station. Um, at Harvey Cedars, it sits about 30 feet above the ground uh, on a mast atop the emergency management headquarters. And I guess the police are there as well. I, it may <laughs> be the whole municipal government. I think it you know, is. Deal place to put a station. You'd rather be on a standalone tower, mm-hmm. uh, but it's very difficult to situate those along the densely packed coast. Sure. So we're very comfortable with that station. Um, seaside Heights—it's a little higher, probably a little too high. Okay. Uh, that gave us our highest wind speed during Sandy at 91 miles an hour. Harvey Cedars was our only victim in Sandy. Uh, the mount on which the anemometer sits. <laughs> Uh, Blew over during the afternoon uh, before the storm really got going. So we'll never know what that would have gotten.
0: The world may never know.
1: Uh, We know Seaside Heights hit 91. Mm -hmm. So we're looking to expand our coastal network with with better stations. We're looking into something over in Tuckerton here uh, where Rutgers has its uh, uh, marine center. Sure. uh, And and, uh, other places. Uh, along the coast so we're, we're anxious to do more monitoring along the coast uh, in particular for wind
0: sure and maybe could I give a suggestion maybe along the coast in Cape May County
1: we're looking into it
0: we're looking we've into got, it we've got a
1: station in West Cape May but yes inland a half mile from the lighthouse uh, we have one in Cape May courthouse but it's a little sheltered inland. Uh, We have one at the airport in Woodbine, which is a very open field, but it's inland. So, yeah, we'd really like to get something right on the coast. Um, And it's not like we're trying to find the strongest wind. We just feel it's very important for mariners and coastal residents to just know the magnitude of that wind. Sure.
0: Sure. Well, in the meantime, we have all these other stations. How many are we up to now, Dr. Robson? How many in the state? We're,
1: uh, you know, it kind of depends how you count right now. We have one or two down. We have a couple going in. Uh, 63, I would say, is the number right today. That includes a new station. We just opened uh, the first week of December up in Sandyston, which is in Stoke State Forest. Uh, We have a new station at Montclair State University School of Conservation. Uh, It's already proved to be one of the coldest Stations in the state, right? <laughs> High Point and Walpac up there, way up in northwest, Jersey.
0: I, I like to call Wallpack the icebox of New Jersey. Would that be appropriate?
1: That would be for calm, clear nights when the cold air sinks into the valleys. Yes. Otherwise, it's High Point Monument. Right. Uh, that really takes the cake when you're talking day in and day out. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's our highest spot. It's our coldest spot.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Well, anything else you'd like to add? Anything else going on with the uh, uh, the New Jersey Weather and Climate Network, or we can talk about Coca Ross? Um, I'll just bring, I'll actually bring up Coca Ross for a second. So we ran the article, which was great with you, you know, having me help to uh, to write this and all your insight and knowledge. We gained fourteen. I shouldn't say we. You gained. Uh, about 14 new customers, new Cocoa Ross observers in Atlanta County and more elsewhere. Kate May had a couple, Cumberland had a couple. Um, I know this was all part of a statewide thing you were working on. You want to give us an update about uh, where you are in Cocoa Ross in terms of new signups from your little media tour that you've done? Well,
1: you know, Joe, we're absolutely thrilled that you and your paper put this article out in hard copy and online. Because uh, it reached people who are, are, are weather fans, weather enthusiasts, and have signed on to become citizen scientists, uh, and and start taking observations. We've through your efforts, we signed on as you said over a dozen plus twenty people. Uh, we've been up in Sussex County doing this. uh and one five radio and their affiliates. Mm-hmm. And something we have signed up since late October. We've signed up a hundred new. Kokorat as observers. and We we just couldn't be more thrilled. Um, We're now starting to see those people purchasing rain gauges and putting them outside, um, joining the forces of others, Uh, and we haven't done a full analysis of that yet, Um, but of those hundred, one can count on more than half of them, getting that gauge and getting it out there and participating in the program. And for those who may signed on and just never got quite around to observing, that's okay. Visit our site. It's publicly available to everyone, Cocoraz.org, and you can dial up New Jersey, or you can see what f- fell out in California, or the snow in Arizona we've had this week. <laughs> yes. so it is a, and, and even up into Canada, and if you really want to go uh, exotic, there are some observers down in Bermuda. Um, to, and in Puerto Rico, um, making observations down in uh, the Caribbean and the South Atlantic. So uh, thank you very much, and I encourage anyone listening to this who's who's enthused about the weather and maybe hasn't uh, learned of Cocoraz or signed on yet to, to, to join us. Uh, you never know what side of the streets get in the rain, and the Cocoraz is the best way of letting us know.
0: Yeah, that's right. And uh, first of all, you're you're very welcome. I was I'm very happy every time I see a new Coco Ross uh, observer come into uh, Atlantic Cape Oshir, Cumberland County. I get happy. I'm happy for you because I know it's a uh, a really uh, a great project that you've taken on. And I know you care about it deeply, and uh, we're getting one here at the press. Actually, after I'm done talking to you, I'm actually going to pick up my rain gauge. So. It is all going to happen soon enough. Hopefully next week we'll get we'll start reporting from here in Pleasantville. But no, that was that was a great help for you and or, or, uh, to have you help me out with this. And uh, looking forward to seeing Coca Ross expand here in New Jersey.
1: That's great because as I said, it's available for everyone and it's going to let us know better than ever where the rain is falling. And unfortunately, at times too much is falling, but also unfortunately at times not enough is falling. So it's really important for our observers observers to tell us when it's not raining, because this is going to help the agricultural community, it's going to help with better weather forecasts out of the National Weather Service and other concerns, including the press of Atlantic City. Um, This is invaluable information to really safeguard um, the health and safety of residents in this state and, and just the infrastructure and commercial aspects of our state which are so often weather dependent.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, as we go through the uh, next couple of months, people might not like all the wet weather, but know that your information is being uh, used and actually can even be used in the record books. As I know you were explaining to me uh, uh, when we were doing our interview, one of the state records, right, is, from, is a Cocoa Wash record.
1: The wettest station location for a year on record. Is up in is one of our was one of our Cocoraz observers uh, up in West Milford, uh, New Jersey, up in northern Passaic County back in 2011. They had 90.65 inches of rain and melted snow. That has been accepted by the National Center as the state's wettest year, wettest location, wettest year on record. Wow. So Cocoraz is considered valuable. The data are stored at the National Center. Um, we don't use them to come up with state averages um, because they've only these stations have only been around 10 or fewer years. We need longer term records and for that, we turn to stations um, specifically in Cape May, Estelle Manor, uh, Atlantic City Marina, out at the airport, uh, Hamilton. Um, some of these have very long records. And, and they are used to, to generate these 1895 to recent kind of comparisons. Sure,
0: great. All right. Well, Dr. Robinson, appreciate it. This was a longer episode for you guys, just because we were doing December and 2018. If you got sick of us listening to all, we're getting close to 40 minutes now. Next month will be a little shorter, but we hope we gave you some uh, good information. Uh, talk all about the year. It really was a fascinating year. Anytime you're breaking a record uh, for the year, whether it's precipitation, temperature, otherwise, there's always going to be a lot of storylines with it. So, Dr. Robson, I appreciate uh, all your insight on this. Uh, before we get going, tell us what website we can uh, use to find all of the latest uh, climate information in New Jersey uh, with the state climatologist website. Thanks. You're going
1: to want to visit NJ Climate dot org and from that you can look at historic records snowfall records you can look at where the snow fell back on december 5th and you can also access our weather network our real-time weather network where you get five-minute updates of conditions in south jersey and elsewhere around the state
0: all right great well happy new year to you again dr robinson you are listening to the South Jersey Monthly Weather Roundup will be back with you guys sometime at the end of January or beginning of February. Till then, take care.